Friends, how you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're starting Daf Nun, Daf 50 of Mesech Luxubis. Friends, uh, Daf 50 talks about stuff. What do you want me to tell you? What do you want me to tell you? Stuff. Talks about Mizonis, things, stuff, 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 things and stuff. And Alright. So, we're going to start on Daf, uh, I believe, I sure hope we got up to Daf Nun. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah. Uh, Daf Nun, Omar Alv, three lines into the page. Omar... Rabbi says Rabbi Ilah, Usha is Kinu, they didn't Usha. They established. Interesting. That a fellow, when he gives charity, shouldn't give away more than 20% of his wealth. Tananami Yachri, we also learn a verse like this. That if a fellow gives away charity, you shouldn't give more than 20% of his, of his, uh, 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 uh wealth in ch- ch- charity. Uh, because if he gives away too much of his of his uh, money, then maybe he's going to be next. He's going to require charity. So so twenty percent is kind of the the upper limit of how much you should give away. There was a story regarding a fellow who wanted to give away more than twenty percent of his wealth, but his friend didn't let him. Who's the friend? Umanu his friend was Rabbi Yezviv. You know who Rabbi Yezviv Asofer was? He was one of the Asari Ugemachos. I assume that that's what he's talking about. Ve'amre la Rabbi Yezviv v'lo inicho chaviru manu rabakive. Now those who say, no, it was Rabbi Yezviv who wanted to give away more than 20% of his wealth and his friend Rabakive didn't allow him. Both Rabbi Yezviv Asofer and Rabakive were um, from the Asari Ugemachos killed by the Romans. Amre of Nachman says, of Nachman v'tim of Achabar Yaakov. Micro, where do we have a pasuk that teaches that a fellow shouldn't give away more than twenty percent of his wealth? That anything that you give me, I will give asera aswenu. That I will. Who says this? I think that's uh, Yaakov Avinu. I think said that. And anything that you give me, asera aswenu lach, I will. Eser is ten. Asera aswenu. So ten times two. Is to, it says aser and aserenu, so that's like ten and ten is twenty percent. Vehalo dami yisur basu yisur kamos. Now the Gemara says, wait a second. If I start with a hundred bucks and then I take ten percent of that, so I'm left with ninety. If I take ten percent of that, I'm left with eighty-one. So it's not twenty percent; it's really nineteen percent because the second ten percent is less than the first ten percent. So, I will take my second tenth um, at the same measure as the first tenth. I.e., I will take 20%, not uh, 19%. All right, fine. That uh, we mentioned Rabbi Ila three times in the past Amud. Uh, the first time he mentioned in the name of Rishlakish, the name of Yehuda, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Second time was only the name of Rishlakish. This time he said in his own name. Each time Rabbi Ila mentioned something, there was one less Amora in the chain. So, so it says, that each one of these um, teachings, kind of there was one less Amora on the chain. Okay, fine. And then he gives you uh, some, some way to remember the three things. Fine. Omer Yitzchok, Says Usha, that they enacted in Usha. That if a fellow has a as a son, so for the first twelve years of his life, he could be chill with his son. 
the son doesn't, you know, want to learn Torah yet, all right, it's cool. But mikan ve'elach, but at 12 years old, the buck stops here. I think that's the phrase. Yorid imo l'chayv, he rips his head off. So if the, if the yingle doesn't want to learn until 12, right, comes 12 years old, if that yingle doesn't want to learn, we rip his head off. That's how we get him to learn. Ini is that so? Rav Bashilas. But Rav said to Shmuel Bashilas, and Rashi says Shmuel Bashilas was was a Malamid Tinoikis. He 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 was a Rebbe. Botsmi Bashis Lo Sagvil. Don't accept students that are less than six years old. Bashis Kabil the Sofile Kitura Kitura. But once they are six years old, on the other hand. Accept them into your cheder and force feed them Torah like an ox. Force feed them Torah like an ox. So, one says, so on the one hand, we're saying that you wait until 12 before ripping off his head. And the other, the other hand, we're saying that already at six years old, we force feed him Torah like an ox. So, in, suffer the ketura, miu in uyoridim Well, yeah, at six already, we start force feeding him Torah. Like an ox, but we wait another six years until he's twelve until we rip his head off. Fine. We only rip his head off after twelve years old. So it depends if we're talking about Tanakh um, or if we're talking about um, if we're talking about Mishnais. If we're talking about Tanakh, so already at, at six years old, we start force feeding him Tanakh like a, like an ox. But in terms of Mishnayis, we only rip his head off to study Mishnayis at 12 years old. Dharma Abai says, Abai Omali aimed that my nurse told me, by Shislamiko, that at six years old, you start studying, uh, Tanakh, by Esther Lemishne, and at 10 years old, you start learning Mishnayis, but then at 12 years old, we rip your head off if you don't, if you don't, uh, learn. Mishnais. By Tlesa the Tanisa, and once you're 13, um, you start fasting, May Ace Lace, for 24 hours, if you Tinokis Bas Tracer, and uh, girls from already 12 years old. Okay, fine. Omer Abai says, Abai Omer Li Aim, that my nurse told me, that if you have a six year old fellow who gets bitten by a scorpion on the day that he turns six, Lo chaye, he won't live. Maya Suse, what, what kind of remedy can you, what kind of emergency remedy can you do to prevent him from dying? Mirarta didaya, the bile of a vulture, chivartov, a white vulture, beshikra, with beer. Nishafye vinashkaye. So, uh, um, rub the bile of the white, um, vulture on the wound, on the bite, and then give him beer to drink. Haibashata, a one-year-old baby, the Tarek Lezibur, that was stung by a bee, Biyomad the Mishlam Shata, on the day that he turns one, Lochai won't live. Maya Suse, what kind of emergency medicine can you do to keep him alive? Atsusa de Dikla Bimaya, the bast of a palm tree with water. Nishafiv and Ashkaye, uh, rub the bast of the palm tree on the fellow, on the sting, and then give him water to drink, and, uh, and the fellow will be alright. Omar of Katina says of Katina called Amachna says Bno Pochis mi ben Sheish that if a fellow uh, um, teaches Torah to his uh, yingle less than six years old 
Well, Torah makes you weak. It makes you weak. It's draining. It's a lot of effort. And this little fellow who his father is trying to teach him Torah when he's less than six years old, he's going to be very weak and he can get sick. It could be dangerous. And his father is always going to be running after him to try to help him. But he's not going to succeed because it's very dangerous stuff to study Torah less than six. Um, also, but otherwise, well, not necessarily, but in a different light, which is, no, if a fellow starts learning very young, less than six years old, he is having a givaldga head start. His friends are going to try to catch up to him, but they won't be able to. And you could say both are true. He'll be a weak fellow, but he'll be wicked smart. He'll be a big, big Tamur Chochum. Okay, fine. Alternatively, you can explain, well, if the kid is already weak, then if he starts learning less than six and he's already weak to begin with, well, then he might get very weak and his father's always going to be trying to, to, to help him and it's going to be difficult. But if he's a healthy yingle, so then if he gets a, a head start less than six years old, it's going to be very challenging for his friends to catch up to his uh, greatness. Givaldi. Omer Rabbi Bachanino that they made a takone in an act in Usha. Friends, what? Who can tell me what this means? Uh, Alright, let me first yawn and stretch one second. Uh, yawn. Oh, stretch. Alright. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's not that hard. Okay, no, who can tell me what Nixim are? So, so, Nixim are like property that a wife inherits, that as part of the marriage, they belong to her, um, right? It's not part of her dowry. They are, they're property that, that the wife inherited, and they belong to her, and, but the husband can eat from the fruits, right? So, they belong to her, so if it's a field, you know, if it's a piece of property, and, you know, they get divorced, or he dies, and, now she has this property and it doubled, tripled in value. Givaldic. She made money on that investment. It's her field, right? If it goes up, if it goes down, she, you know, she, she, the gain is hers, the loss is hers, you know, just like, uh, you know, real estate. Fine. Now the thing is, the husband can eat the fruits during this time. Okay. So if it's an apple orchard, the husband can eat the apples. Fine. So now the thing is, because the husband can eat the apples, we treat him like a lakoch. We treat him like a like like a uh, a buyer of the property, and therefore she's unable to sell this property to somebody else because it's like they were purchased by the husband. So she's not allowed to sell it to somebody else. Is the point? So Amr Yosi Bar Chanino Beusha Eskino they made an enactment in Usha Isha Shemacho Benichse Melug B'Chayi Baila that if a wife sold her Nichse Melug when her husband was alive Vamesa and then she dies, so then. If the wife dies, the husband inherits the nichsei meluk from her. Well, she had sold the nichsei meluk, but she wasn't allowed to. So the husband could chaparain the, um, the, this property that, that, that his wife sold, um, and, uh, and, and get it back because he was the original owner. That he was in the, I don't know, among the people in Usha. Omele, and he says to, um, Rabbabo, man, usha. Who's the one who taught this halacha from Usha about, uh, this wife who sold the nichsim milog? 
Amalei Rabbi Yosef Bar Chanina. He says it's Rabbi Yosef Bar Chanina. Tanimini Arba in Zimnen. And then Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef learned it, learned this in from from a from a babo forty times. Vidomalei Kmandamanchalei Bekiste. And it was like he put it in his pocket. It was so clear to him this halacha that um, if the wife sells the nixemulog and then she dies, and the husband can chap it around for the person that it was sold to. I think that the the right that the Torah is making me uh, 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 tired over here. Alright, or maybe I'm just tired for other reasons. Let's go weiter. Ashrei shoymi mishpatos yitzdakos b'choles. Okay. That uh, fortunate is uh, the people who guard justice and they do charity at all times. Is it possible to do charity at all times? So the rabbis in Yavne, some say it was from Eliezer, they taught Zazon, they expounded Zazon, This is referring to a fellow who sustains, supports his sons and daughters when they are young. That Kilo, it's like all the time he's sustaining them and he's doing for them charity. That somebody raises an orphan, uh, uh, male, female orphan in his house and marries them off. That is something that's considered charity at all times. Uh, wealth in his house and his righteousness stands forever. That's somebody who studies Torah and teaches it. That's somebody who writes uh, um, uh, scrolls from, uh, you know, Sefer Torah, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, and he, and he lends them out to people. That having grandchildren will bring a, a peace upon Israel. Once your children have children, they don't have to worry about Yibim and Chalitz anymore, right? So meaning even once they're married, then you still have to worry about Yibim and Chalitz. But once they have children, there's no longer Yibim and Chalitz. You don't have to worry about that whole mess anymore. That once your children have their own children, then it makes things simpler for, simpler for the... Um, Judges, because they don't, because inheritance becomes easier. That the uh, they don't have to figure out who's the next heir. Although I saw in the art school that they talk asakasha that I mean, there's clearly delineated halachos about who inherits. So like, I don't understand necessarily what's so complicated. We know who would get what, but uh, okay. Apparently, once you have children, you don't have to worry about who's the closest heir because Mamele, the uh, inheritance goes to the uh, children. All right, fine. So the Mishnah had said that this was the Medjushter of Allah and Azariah taught before the rabbis in Karim Biyavne that um, just like the sons inherit after um, the father dies the Ksubas Binin Dichrin so also the um, daughter excuse me well I just had to yawn again also the daughter uh, when it says that she can Chaparan Mizonis that's also after the father uh, dies. Yosef was sitting before Vamnuna. Just like the uh, sons only inherit their father from property, so also the daughters only get their mizonis, their sustenance, um, after the father dies from property. And everybody got all worked up and upset with Rav Amnuna. Who the Yarsele Bone? Do Lo Shavik Ara? Lo Yarsele Bone? 
they all got upset about Nun Arun Sen. Did you really just say that um, that sons only inherit property from their father? So what if the father didn't own any real estate, but he had millions of dollars in the bank? They don't hop that around? So Omar Lay, Rav Yosef says, Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef says, Rav Amnuna, maybe you're talking about Ksubas Benindichrin. That, um, yeah, we didn't really talk much so far about the Ksubas Benindichrin, but we're going to get up to it soon. But uh, Ksubas Benindichrin is basically that the sons inherit the Ksuba of their mother uh, as, as opposed to the Ksuba of a different wife. So that is only collected from property, right? So for example, if you have um, Sarah and Rifke, and they're married to um, uh, Yaakov, and then uh, with Sarah, there's, I don't know, Ruvain and Shimon, and with Rivka, they have Le- uh, just Levi. So if uh, Sarah and Rivka die, so then Yaakov inherits Sarah and Rivka, and he inherits their ksubas, right? So now if, um, if Sarah brought a thousand dollars into the into the marriage, and Rivka brought a thousand dollars into the marriage. Yaakov inherits both of that, and the ksubas ben indichur means that when um, Yaakov then dies, so Reuven and Shimon would split their mother's ksuba, which was a thousand dollars, so they each get five hundred, and Levi gets his mother's ksuba, which is the full thousand dollars, as opposed to saying that we divide two uh, two thousand dollars three ways. No, each one inherits their own mother's ksuba. Um, that way, as we're going to learn, that way um, Sarah and Rivka's fathers will be more willing to give a, 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 a more substantial dowry knowing that it's ultimately going to go to their grandchildren and it's not going to be divided equal by all the sons uh, from all the wives. Okay, so that is specifically collected from property. Um, so, 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 so that, right, so when we say that the sons inherit their father's property, but not metatlin, that's talking about ksubas benindichrin. But otherwise, of course, they inherit the bank account. So, um, so, Omerle, so if Amnuna says to Yosef, Look, Yosef, you are a great fellow, therefore you, of course, understood what I meant. Givaldik. So, it's talking about the ksubas benindichrin that is being collected by the, um, Karka, fine. Omer b'chir ba Yosef says b'chir ba Yosef. Rav zon mechite de alio says b'chir says b'chir ba Yosef that Rav um, um, sustained um, um, uh, orphan girls from the wheat, which is metaltalin. It's not karka. It's metaltalin. It's movable objects. It's not property from the from the from the wheat of the aliyah. Now the question is, what is this aliyah? Ibaidu parnosa havya. Does it mean that Rav Gave parnose to these girls, meaning that they, right, a dowry, that, that they wanted to get mad, that they were going, that they were getting married, and Rav used this metatlin to, 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 um, provide a dowry for them. Umay aliyah me iluya de'av. And what does it mean aliyah? It means from the sort of, uh, generosity of the father. like Shmuel, the Amr Shmuel, the parnose shaman ba'av. That when it comes to the dowry of an orphan girl, so we figure how much, you know, how generous was her father? How much would her father, if, if she, if he was alive, how much would he have given for their dowry? And we, and we, and we provide a dowry based, uh, you know, based on what we project, uh, her father would have, um, given us a dowry. Maybe, maybe it literally means food, right? Mozin. 
sustenance, and that Rav gave sustenance for these orphan girls from Mitaltalin, which would be not like Rav Amnuna said, which is that, right just now, which is that um, the Mizonis would only be from Karka. So, my Aliyah, so what does it mean, Aliyah, if it's referring to Mizonis? Midvarim tovim shnemu ba'aliyah. From the good things that were said in the attic, the Amr of Yitzchak Bar Yosef Baaliyah Eskinu that they uh, enacted, they established in an attic Sheyubonus Nizonus Menametalin that the orphan girls should be sustained right Mizonus from Metalin. So therefore, when it says that Rav gave from wheat, which is movable objects of the Aliyah, is it referring to a dowry? And it was based on Aliyah, based on how much we project the generosity of her father would be? Or is it um, Aliyah from the thing that happened in the attic? And Aliyah is an attic, and that is that they said that um, orphan girls can be um, sustained, they get mizonis from movable objects. Tashma, come that Rabbanoi, the brother of Rabbi Abba, had movable objects of orphans. Also, the Kameh de Shmuel, and they came before Shmuel. Omar lay, and he said to him, Zil Zon, sustain these um, girls from the Metaltlin, from these movable objects. So, my love, the Mzonis, what does it mean to sustain them? It must mean Mzonis. They, they give them, provide for them Mzonis from these movable objects. And Shmuel holds like Rabbi Yitzchuk Bar Yosef that you can sustain girls and give Mizonis from the Metatlin. Lo, no, Hos Mifanos Avoy. No, Shmuel was saying to provide a dowry from movable objects. Shmuel the time and Shmuel is consistent with his reasoning. To Omar, Shmuel the Fanos Shaman Ba'av that Shmuel said that when it comes to Parnose, that when it comes to a dowry, um, right, evaluate how much the father would have provided for the uh, dowry and, and, and provide based on those projections. There was a, an instance in Nahardoya and the judges of, of Nahardoya basically said that you can give Mizonis, you can sustain orphan girls from, um, from, from movable objects. Now interesting, the Dayone Dinardoya, so there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin and Yudzainam Abase, which goes through all these like different titles, and it says over there that Dayoni Dinardoya is Rav Adabar Manyomi. There you go. So I guess when it says Dayoni Dinardoya, it's talking about Rav Adabar Manyomi. Okay. Bepumpedisa, the Agbir of Chono Barbizna, and a similar situation happened in Pumpedisa, and Rav Chono Barbizna provided Mizonis for these orphan girls from movable objects. Amalur of Nachman, of Nachman said to them, Zilo Ahadju, go and take back, um, what you did, that you, um, provided for the Mizonis from this movable objects, Vilo, and if you don't take it back, Magbina Lechula Apadnaichu Minaichu, I'm going to take your mansions away from you. Seems like Rav Nachman was not into, um, was not into, uh, um, them taking stuff from the Metaltalin. Yeah. Janine, Janine, maybe this fits into, to, 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 to your, um, um, oh gosh, what's the word? Um, Ha'ara, that you had on Sugi's sisters about Rav Nachman being a replacer, that he's gonna replace their, uh, their, their, the, the Metaltalin with their mansions. Let's go weiter. Rav Ami, Rab Asi saw the Mazam Mitatle that uh Rab Amin Rab Asi 
um, thought to sustain uh, orphan girls with movable prop, movable objects. Amalu Rabbi Yaakov Bar Idi, Rabbi Yaakov Bar Idi said to them, "Milsa de Yochanan v'Shlakish lo avdu ba uvda." Right, something that Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlakish were not willing to do, right, to sustain orphan girls with movable objects. Atun avdin ba uvda, what you're going to do that? Rabbi Lazar saw the mezim imtatlin. Rabbi Lazar thought to sustain these orphan girls from movable objects. Omar lefanov. Right, movable things. Omar Lefanov Shimon ben Yochim. So Shimon ben Yochim says to Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi, Ani Look, I know that you're only doing this because you have mercy on these girls. But Elo Shema But if you do this, then the students might see and 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 interpret your actions to mean that this is the halacha that we give mizonis to orphan girls from Metatlin. But that isn't the halacha, so so it's probably better that you don't do that. Haida said the comment of Yosef there was a there was a a, a girl who came before of Yosef Amalu and he said to them Havla mitamid de al budjo give her from Mizonis from dates that are on the mats that I guess when it comes time to harvest the dates they put mats under the trees and then there are dates that are on these mats and I guess it's mitaltin so basically Rav Yosef was saying that give her Mizonis from mitaltin Amalei Abai Abai says to Yosef ilu bal chovavo ki agavnu miyavo yoyivle I don't understand if this was a creditor. So then, right, and he was, he was, he was looking to get paid back. Would you pay him back from Metatlin? Of course not. So why are you paying, uh, why are you allowing them to collect Mizonas from Metatlin? So Omerle, so says, Rav Yosef Tabai, the Chazir Levudio Ka'amina. No, I don't mean the ones that are actually on the mats and are actually movable and are actually Metatlin, but rather the ones that are about to fall and about to go onto the mats. So it's not actually Metatlin yet, yet. They're still on the trees, so they're considered karka. But so, so, but anything that's, go- however, says Abai, anything that's going to be harvested, it's like it's already harvested. So these dates that are mamish about to fall off the tree, uh, they're already going to be considered like metatalin. So says of Yosef, no, the ones that still need the, the, um, the, uh, the uh, palm tree, i.e., they're not quite ripe yet, and therefore they're still considered like karka, and that is what Rav Yosef was suggesting to, for, for Mizonis of these, uh, orphan girls. Friends, that was the afternoon of Mesechta Ksubis. Uh, the first Amr had like some interesting uh, stuff about Sidaka. They shouldn't give more than 20% uh, of your stock, of your wealth away in Sidaka. We learned about um, ripping a kid's head off and, 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 and force feeding him Torah like an ox. That was interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we talked about, right, the fellow who starts learning at a young age. It would be difficult for his kids to catch up to him. And then we talk about at the end that we say that the Mizonis, uh, uh, that uh, a, an orphan girl sustained by comes from Karka. It does not come from uh, Metatlan. Friends, that was the afternoon of Mesech Tuxubis. Hope you enjoyed. Peace out.